And welcome to The Simpsons Did It. I'm your host, Stephen Skolansky. And I'm your co-host, Robert Skolansky. And this week, we're going to die. On Are a, we, though? On a monorail. Maybe. I've never, I've never driven on a monorail. You haven't? In a monorail? So so you could come to Minnesota. Well, Minnesota used to have a monorail at the Minnesota Zoo. Um, and they shut it down because no one was riding it. And they also charged. Oh, it like, wasn't? It wasn't spinning out of control. No, no, no. It, it was riding because, out of control. It was because no one was no one was riding it, uh, and they figured people would just rather walk around a zoo and see all the animals than ride on a monorail. So I feel like feel like this was kind of related to the Simpsons not actually the Springfield not needing a monorail. Yeah, the zoo really didn't need a monorail, but they had one anyway. And a lot of people rode that monorail. I know until it fell off the tracks, right? Yes. Yeah. So on this journey of riding on a monorail that doesn't need to be uh, in existence, we we brought along most of the Simpsons cast on this journey. We we have a lot of special guests. We have Doctor Hibbard, Mister yeah. Burns, oh yes, Homer. Hello. Um, I don't know, Doctor Nick Riviera. I think is here. Hi, everybody. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Who else? Uh, let's see. I think Carl. Krusty the here. Clown. Yeah, Krusty the uh, Clown. Yeah, how are you? Oh boy, that'd be yeah. thirty-five grand. Yeah, <laughs> could pay him enough. Come cheap. <laughs> could pay him enough. But but the guy behind the voice, we we also invited because we figured he's he's just as amazing as all these other voice actors. Uh, Jaden LeBron, uh, we brought on to help us get through this Marge versus the Monorail episode and. Uh, mm. <laughs> bring bring some of the best voices in the world along with him. So, well, welcome to the show, Jaden. Thank you very much for having me. This is a, a very exciting episode to be covering, uh, written by the uh, notorious Conan O'Brien. So I know, be a lot of fun. I know, I uh, love Conan. And I'm yeah, looking forward to it. Awesome. So, uh, what we do with all our guests once we bring them on and introduce them, the first question we'd like to ask before we dive into the episode is. What got you into The Simpsons? Uh, I, I think, so me and my brother, I'm 38, my brother's uh, 34, and we grew up literally the moment The Simpsons came out, we, we were watching it in 89, 90. So obviously you're definitely younger than us. What what got you into The Simpsons? When did you jump in? Was it right away season one? Did you start watching it or did you watch some of the later seasons and go back? Well, um, I uh, I think my first uh, memories of The Simpsons are, uh, I know we had the toys, uh, we had a talking car of the Simpson family, we had the Burger King dolls, so I sort of, they were sort of an omnipresence in my life, and I knew who they were by name uh, as a kid, but uh, sometime around 2004-2005 season, I got my first glimpses of the show when they were airing brand new episodes, and okay. uh, from there I saw the movie. And I can't remember which Christmas break it was. It may have been fourth grade, uh, but my older brother Devin gave us a uh, a box set of uh, season eight. So we watched that first, uh, the Oakley Weinstein years first, and then we sort of went backwards as, as the years went. And uh, we would get the we would get each DVD box set for our uh, our birthday, and I say our because I have a twin sister. But, uh, you know, for our 12th birthday, we get season 12 and then 13 and the 14 and so on and so forth. And now we have one through 20. Oh, nice. awesome. Uh, yeah. And uh, I've caught up on every episode uh, in maybe one of the uh, 
a handful of fans left that have seen all 700 episodes. So um, it's a it's a great show, and and I'm happy to have caught it when I did. Um, I've never really fell too hard into Family Guy and all the other adult animated mm-hmm. series, but uh, this is one that really resonates well with me uh, and sort of molded my sarcastic sense of humor over the years, <laughs> and it's it's great. Yep. And then for those of you guys that that didn't hear when we opened the show, but uh, you heard all the other voices. So when did you decide you wanted to become like a voice actor and I guess focus on the Simpson voices? Well, uh, I wanted to be a voice actor as early as uh, I think maybe uh, January of last year. Uh, and there wasn't a whole lot coming my way. I, I would do maybe a, a podcast series once in a while or a, a fan animated project, nothing major. Uh, and it was when they announced the, uh, this recasting effort in July of last year, or June of last year, uh, I went full on and did uh, <laughs> uh, first the characters that they had uh, open. And then I wanted to see how far I could take that and just how many characters I can do. And I think at my count, I can do uh, about 100, uh, maybe 110 different Simpsons voices. That's holy awesome. Holy. Oh, that's, that's, that's really cool. You're like a modern day, what's his Nick uh, Castellanetto? I think that's his name. The, uh, the I'm not Simpsons? sure who that is. No, no, no. He he's, does a lot of voices like uh, Robin Williams. Like he does like other celebrities. Uh, I can't remember. I thought it was Nick. Like he, he did. I did, did saw him do like a stand up show, and he was, you know, fantastic. And who's the other guy from? He was like Saturday Night Live, that did a ton of voices. I mean, I know Robin Williams did a ton of voices. Yeah, I know he came to my college and did did a bunch of voices too. What's the name? Frank something, right? Frank Caliendo. That's the oh, name. That, that's the name I was thinking. Man, of. that's pulling back from the. I know. <laughs> I know. Dude was good too. Dude did a lot of voices. Yeah. So no, that that's really awesome. And uh, thanks, thanks for coming on. So why don't we dive into uh, season four, episode twelve, Marge versus the Monorail, and as Jaden yeah. pointed out, written by the great Conan O'Brien, who once again decided to stop late night TV and. Move on to once again something else. So hopefully we'll yeah. see him soon again on HBO Max. And did you guys did you guys see the uh, Conan O'Brien exit interview? I did not. Oh, no. that was fantastic. So Homer Simpson. Oh yes. Sits down yeah. with Conan O'Brien. Oh, I did. I watched that. And part. does the exit interview yeah. from his late night show. That was <laughs> absolutely that was really, fantastic. Where they made fun of Conan and his uh, yeah. time on <laughs> The Simpsons. So that was that was great. Yeah. Uh, so air date. Um, oh, go ahead, Robert. You can, you could do <laughs> so, this. Yeah. Uh, so air date, uh, January 14th, 1993. This is the first episode to air in 1993, which is a great first step. Um, recap, uh, a con man sells the people of Springfield a monorail, but war- Marge warns that it's a mistake. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, God, I can't wait to get into this episode. Uh, chalkboard gag. I will not eat things for money. And for a side note, and we'll put a pin on this, there is actually a future episode where Bart eats something for money. So, so Jaden, what what we like doing is once we get to the couch, uh, the chalkboard gags in every episode, we like to figure out what got Bart into detention to write this on the chalkboard. 
So any thoughts on what Bart uh, happened to eat to to make it into detention this week? Uh, my guess is that Bart ate something from Lunch Lady Doris's tray. Uh, Skinner, <laughs> passing by, thinking that it was something that was banned from the school, gave him detention, uh-huh. not knowing that it was something that was actually on the menu. Ooh. Ooh. That's like, good. Probably something like a horse heart or something. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I mean, Bart gets sent to the detention for the craziest things. I mean... I mean, he says he will not eat things for money, so, I mean, maybe kids were paying him to eat erasers and chalk. Uh, chalk. <laughs> um, it's possible. Maybe it was uh, Lunch Lady Doris that was paying him to test those horse hearts. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this needs more iron. This needs more horse lips. <laughs> uh, so, our couch gag for the week, and this is the first instance we see this couch gag. Um, it's used in the a couple future episodes. The Simpsons sit on the couch and then other residents of Springfield pull her in and sit down with them to watch TV. All right. Do you guys, do you guys want to know who sat, sat in there? I got the list. I'm crazy. So, so, so there's, there's, there's Homer, Marge, Bart, yeah. Lisa, and Maggie, mm-hmm. Patty, <sighs> Selma, <laughs> Herman, no. Jasper, yes. Grandpa, Krusty, ah. Apu, yes, Mr. Burns, oh, yes. Smithers, ah. Principal Skinner, oh yes, uh, Miss Krabappel, <laughs> Miss Hoover, ah oh, God, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sounds just like her, uh, a, a woman in a bikini. That's I think that was uh, Princess, Princess, Princess Casimir, Ca- isn't it? Is that yeah. Princess Casimir? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh Barney, Dr. Hibbert, uh Moe, Kent Brockman, Martin, Millhouse, Nelson, and Otto appear in the couch gag. I feel like there were more. I don't know. That's what I saw. I guess if you I think I, there might have been a couple no, more, that, but that's right, but I feel like there was more for some reason. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I mean, like I, it was a pretty uh, extensive list, but uh, <laughs> next next time this comes up, we'll we'll see if we could rehash a few more. Uh, yeah, a few, few more in there. Um, So we get probably and you guys could fight me if I'm wrong. Probably one of the best episode op- episode openings in Simpson hip- history. Um, so, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go one higher. Uh, I'm, I'm claiming it as the <laughs> best simpsons intro of all time what do you think yeah parody of the flintstones homer I think that's an a plus intro yeah. yeah so so he uh goes down so we get the horn just like at the flintstones at the thing and we get simpson homer simpson he's the he's greatest, the guy, greatest in his... guy in history <laughs> from, from the, the town, of, town Springfield. of springfield he's about to hit a chestnut tree <laughs> <laughs> oh that was great uh oh yeah. i mean the sliding down the the tube doing the yabba dabba do i like the fact that when he slides into his car he breaks a window <laughs> i mean it could have been just as funny if the window i think was rolled down but yeah i i think breaking the window definitely seals the deal on that that's yeah. just just great um, and then we get cut back to the plant after that. Like, okay, so no one else left apparently, but we cut back no. to the plant, and Lenny and Carl are uh, are welding tops to toxic waste barrels. 
that say toxic waste do not eat. That's probably a good sign for a toxic waste barrel. Probably shouldn't be eating toxic waste. Nope. I don't I don't think so. I don't think uh I don't think toxic waste eating is a very good idea. So uh I so then we get our first movie moment of the uh, of the episode. And this is the scene in which Mr. Burns and Smithers prepare to illegally dump the nuclear waste. Uh, and it's accompanied by the adaptation of Axel F, uh, the Axel's theme from Beverly Hills Cop, yep. which is which is really awesome. I think that was a really good use of that. And we and this is not the first time we've seen the Beverly Hills Cop theme song. Uh, it's similar to the song adaptation in Separate Vocations. Hmm. If you guys yep. remember that episode. Yep. So that was that was pretty fantastic. I uh, I don't know if any of uh, I don't think Green Bay has a nuclear power plant. Jaden, I don't think where you live they have a nuclear power plant, right? No, they don't. No. So uh, and I don't know if dumping waste barrels in your towns are. I mean, people have dumped the Green Bay Packers into the Green Bay, so I mean that's toxicity no. in in general. But um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, I, but I don't know if they necessarily grow uh, arms out of trees. No. Um, but yeah, Toxic Barrel lasted nine drums. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable, Mr. Burns. Unbelievable, thinking that you could just dump things into a park and, and get away with it. Right? <laughs> right? Um, and so I, I do like one, one thing that I did notice is, um, and, and we kind of... Uh, I, I think I don't think anyone noticed it. Maybe you guys did. So a tree in the park, when when it's panned over, there's a heart carved into one of the trees, and yeah. it reads MB plus HS. And I I'm going out on a limb and saying that it's Marge Bouvier and Homer Simpson. I totally missed it. Aww. What do you think? Yeah. You think? I mean, I don't. I mean, I I would say Montgomery Burns and someone else, but. <laughs> No. Uh, Whalen Smithers would be HS or uh, MS. Yeah. W or WS. Sorry. Wow. I'm, 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 I'm confusing it with, I'm confusing it with, you know, the uh, sundial and, yes. you know, um, but no, no, no. What do you think? I think Mar- Marge, Marge, yeah, like, Homer Simpson. Probably. That, that's pretty yeah, good. A nice day in the park. It was uh, probably, was this before or after Duffless? Uh, this is before Duffless. Before Duffless. Okay, I was going to say, maybe uh, after that bike ride at the end of that episode, they went to the park. Mm. Or maybe, what was what was the episode? Yeah, the season one, when Homer and Marge go out of the power plant uh, in carrying in Homer's yeah, arms. Right. Mm. For yes. ten minutes! <laughs> <laughs> yep. Tell the boss. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, nine barrels couldn't, uh, couldn't go into the tree and uh, grew tentacles. I think, yep. uh, and then a squirrel comes out of the tree with laser vision <laughs> and uh, lizard tongue. That's that's to catch the easy. catch the acorn that he chopped down with his laser vision. Yep. And so Mister Mister Burns and Mister Smithers get caught by the EPA, which is the first appearance of the EPA in the Simpson world. Yep, that's right. Yeah, but I wish it was who was the voice in the movie? The movie. That voice, the EPA agent. Yeah, I know his name, I know. but it's slipping my mind right now. Yeah, yeah. I, if they would have gotten him uh, to do yeah, this. Yeah, in 93. Al Brooks. <laughs> Al Brooks. Al Brooks is an old guy. Oh, wasn't, yeah, yeah. wasn't he a voice on The Simpsons at one point, He too? was. Yeah, he's He did Scorpio. a few voices. Yeah, so they yeah. could have they yeah, they could have brought him back <laughs> for to be EPA in uh, in this episode, too. That would have been yeah, great. Yeah, 20, 20 years later after he voiced it. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> can you can, can you go can you go back twenty years and voice the EPA again? Yeah, can, hop into the time machine. Yep. Um, and so the Boy Scouts have stumbled upon their game of hide the ooze. <laughs> That was good. Um, and yeah. so now, now we cut to the courthouse, and we see uh, a sign in the courthouse reading "Liberty and Justice for Most." Oh my god, that hits! <laughs> that hits hard. Oh my god. Yep. And now Burns is wheeled into the courtroom in the Hannibal Lecter style. Uh, uh, <laughs> that was awesome. Now oh. I feel like this is the second time that we've seen Burns in this. I, I know we see Bart in it. I think this is the second uh, time they've done it first. Okay. But for yeah, first with first Burns. First for Burns. First for Burns. I know we've done it with Bart when he was accused of stealing the uh, church uh, collection oh, plate. Oh yes. Right. So, yeah, they yes. like to use they like to use this bit a uh, few oh. times. Yeah. And so Burns is fined 3 million dollars, which apparently Smithers already had it in hand. Um yep. and gave the judge the money. And what did, Mr. Burns, what did what did you also want to buy? Do you want to also take that statue of justice too. Yeah, exactly. So, and I mean so. <laughs> That's perfect. I love it. I, I I love that Mr. Burns just thinks he could buy the courtroom. Well, he did. <laughs> yeah. He bought this. He, as we as we see, there's a headline that reads "Burns pays city three million, and the picture of is of him and Smithers, who's dragging out the statue of justice. <laughs> That's so great, so great. Um, and so now you know there's going to be a town hall on what to spend the money on. Lisa wants to spend the money on underfunded schools um, and daydreams of having virtual reality helmets in the school, which uh, I think that's current. Is this something that schools are currently doing at all? I don't know about that. Um, I, I, I haven't some, been in school. Uh, some STEM schools might. Okay. Because oh, yeah. well, we, all, we all know like we like to choose when the Simpsons predict the future, but... Right. I I don't I don't yeah, I was trying to think if I feel like virtual reality is out there. They use it for especially during COVID, they use virtual reality yeah. for like women that had to give birth in in rooms where there was no one else allowed. And so to for the husband or whatever to be yeah. in the room with, they use virtual reality glasses to <laughs> so I sad. know I know I just saw a story that Mark, Z- well, this is more augmented reality where like you're in a room with somebody else, but Mark Zuckerberg right. just did an interview in augmented reality with somebody else using the, that, you know, the VR tech. Yeah. So, so they have the avatar. I, I feel like schools have to be relatively around the corner, or at least higher end schools Yeah, have to be around the corner for, for this took a minute, but uh, yeah. I do think that's something that's kind of cool that Lisa was cause virtual reality yeah. really wasn't much of an idea in 93. Probably yeah. not. I mean, it it was probably there, like in a sci-fi realm. Yeah, but not like the technology definitely wasn't. Yeah, so kind of cool that they they introduced that. And uh, go. What what does Bart want to want in what want about school? Giant the, uh... ant robots. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Well, first off, well, Lisa did use the VR to interact with Genghis Khan. Yeah. Yeah. I'll eat who I want to eat. <laughs> or you'll watch me eat who I want to eat. <laughs> and kill who I want to kill. Uh, uh, yeah. Bart, Bart's like, ah, spending. Nah, nah, nah. We're going to spend that money on giant robotic ants, which he daydreams about destroying the school with and also chopping Skinner in half. And I assume <laughs> killing him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bart. Yeah. You just you just want uh you just want I love how him and Bugs destroying the school 
Yes. Are uh, are a thing because because I mean this one was pretty outrageous. You know, ants destroying the school. I mean, he his other idea was him being a butterfly destroying oh, yes. the school because nobody yes. ever suspects the butterfly. Butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Mar- so uh, Marge is like, no, no, no. Let's spend something. Spend it on something the whole town can be proud of. And apparently, Homer's thought is a billboard that reads "No fat chicks." <laughs> And this is a well that Homer goes to quite a bit because, like the Mary, uh, the Sherry Bobbins episode, he says no fat chicks. Yep. Uh, so Homer has other... Homer has something against fat chicks, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. And so now we cut to the town hall, and uh, everybody in Springfield showed up, and um, and so because of that, nobody's at home and uh, all the burglars in town, including Snake, break into people's homes and rob them. <laughs> Can this town be any more stupid? <laughs> <laughs> no, Snake. No, they cannot. Um, so so I do have so there there is a special attendee at the Springfield Town Hall. Yeah. So so there is um, it includes the receptionist from the Rubber Baby Buggy Bumper Babysitting Service. Oh. So she was there. Um, and the animated likeness of Simpsons producer uh, Richard Sakai, uh, Ms. Mellon, and school district uh, psychologist Dr. J. Lauren Pyar was yeah. at uh, at the town hall, too. Weird. Well, Dr. Marvin Monroe, I think, was also there. Was he? I guess. And I... Herman. Herman was there. And Herman. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So now, you know, uh, Mayor Quimby. Wants to start the uh, start it by having everybody stand up and do the pledge, and Homer's just like, "Get to the money!" Oh my god, that's. I mean, you know what? At that point, yeah, just, just get to the money. Do they so, have you guys? Have you guys ever been to a town hall? I don't think I've ever no, been no. to a town hall. No, uh, can't say they that. They don't I have. happen as regularly as Simpsons lead us to believe. I know that's <laughs> well. I will. I will say in this day and age. So, because I work for a news station, and like every day for like the past two or three weeks, now that school is coming, there's been a lot of school meetings, and we've covered a ton of those. Okay, I feel so, like it's and, mostly and, a small town thing, not necessarily. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's there's been a lot of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of school meetings about mass in schools. So Quimby wants to open the floor for suggestions for the two million dollars. And I love no, he like, wants to go over the minutes first. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah, let's get to the minutes, and then uh, a couple other people. I think it was Carl. There's two other people. I think maybe it was, no, uh, it was Herman. It was it was Apu. It was Love Lovejoy. Joy. And it was Grandpa. Grandpa. Yep. yep. They're like, get to the money. <laughs> so so Quimby's like, all right, all right. So what do we want to do with their $2 million? And Lisa's like, <laughs> don't you mean $3 million? And Quimby's just uh, like, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> $3 million. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, what, what did Quimby spend the other million on? Hookers? Hookers and blow? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, to to, to uh, hide the dead bodies behind the mayor's mansion? Yeah, exactly. You're, uh, none of your business. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, Sorry, Mayor Quimby. Yes. Uh, so uh mod mod's like oh we need to hire firemen and um don't they have a volunteer fire department yeah and look how good that turned out in homer the heretic <laughs> all right <laughs> so uh so homer is like 
boring. <laughs> and so uh, uh, Mr. Burns shows up sporting a fake mustache. <laughs> and he's like, uh, no, no, oh. that's that's Mr. Snrub. Where do you want the money to go, Mr. Snrub? Do I like to invest that into the nuclear power plant? Oh, I right. I like the way this snrub. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I love how snrub is actually burned spelled backwards. <laughs> yeah, that was that was great. I'm glad he knew how to spell his name backwards. Like that's yes. that's great. Can't remember lo- can't remember Homer Simpson's name, but he knows how to spell his name backwards. <laughs> um, and so like you know the townsfolk are you know very skeptical, and we get a movie moment here. And it's fantastic movie moment because they want to leave. So Smithers pulls out a grappling hook, shoots it into the you know ceiling of the town, the the town hall, and you know Burns jumps on him and they get away. They repel, and this is from the eighty. It's an eighty nine Batman reference, and actually the Batman theme song is playing in the background while this is all going on. I love yeah, it. It's a that's great callback. Fantastic. I love it. So uh, so now now Apu. Uh, Apu, what do you want? Apu, what did he Apu. suggest? I can't. Remember. Yeah, he. Oh, he, a police more, more police officers because he's been shot eight <laughs> oh, times. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's like, he's like, and it almost caused me to miss work. And yeah. Wickham call, <laughs> Wickham calls him a crime baby. <laughs> oh, that's oh, it's so awesome. I I love that. Uh, I love that Apu is not willing to miss work, even though he's been shot. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, because that's that's his work ethic. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, exactly. He's a hardworking American. Well, not yet, but he will be. Yes. Um, so now right. you know. So Marge, you know, suggests fixing Main Street because there are potholes everywhere, and they left the tire chains on too long. And they've been carrying too much weight on their cars. Yes, and, and there's a there's a there's a thing. I don't know if you caught this, but when when there's the flashback of of Main Street and Homer's yes. driving down the street, he says, "Look at that pavement fly." Yes, it's partially echoing the line, "Look at that blubber fly" from last episode's Homer triple bypass. Uh, oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and Homer's. So I don't know why, but Homer is driving with tire chains on. Which, for <laughs> anybody listening, not in the Midwest or a place where you don't get any snow or very hardly any snow, that's what a lot of people use to drive in the snow. Yeah, um, it's mostly then, Colorado, Utah, Montana. I think they do it. Don't they do it in Minnesota and Wisconsin and northern, Michigan? like the northern areas? Yeah. They definitely. Well, there, do. there's a joke. There is a joke out of Alaska making fun of the state of Washington um, to go get to go to Washington to get chains because apparently people in Washington do not know how to properly se- se- secure tire chains to their cars. All right, Jaden, where did where did you grow up? Just for rep, I just want to see. Oh, I'm in California, so uh, so we, so you I never you don't you've never seen snow, mountains, but uh, <laughs> oh, okay, we've uh, we don't get snow down here. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, so, right? Unfortunately, yeah. you don't get snow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I hear yeah. I hear the tone in your voice. Yeah. <laughs> so in the so in the flashback, Homer's driving with tire chains on. It's not winter, and also he has a piano strapped to his car, strapped vertically. Yeah, yes. and that's not the same piano that's actually in the Simpsons' home, right? So he's probably just delivering it someplace else. Oh, okay. Odd yeah, that he would do that kind of odd job for someone. Yeah, yeah. We do all know. We do know Homer is starting to get into his wacky jobs. Yes. 
Well, and this is kind of the start of it. Yep. Kind of. Yeah. Um, so Marge, Marge explains that the potholes are becoming a real <laughs> nuisance. And we cut to Main Street. There's a huge hole. I don't, at this point, I don't even think you'd call that a pothole. I think you just call that a hole. And uh, the old guy, he's driving a, the popcorn truck and he falls in the hole. It explodes. Ooh. And then and then it fills with popcorn, pop popcorn because of the heat from the fire. Yeah, that's, that's great. And so now we get Abe, uh, you know, yelling, you know, about not putting all of the money in one basket. And now the people are thinking, oh, that's a great idea. Let's put all our money in one basket and fix Main Street. I ain't for it. I'm against it. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, Quimby then says, oh, Abe's idea is, uh, is great. And obviously it was really Marge's idea, but Abe spoke up and, you yeah. know. Um, I, I do like the fact that they've done this a couple times in The Simpsons. Yeah, where... I was just about to say. Where they, you know, female pitch an idea and a male takes, take, you know, gets the credit. And I, Rick and Morty actually just did an episode on this a few months ago, because obviously recorded early, yep. about, you know, Summer coming up with an idea and the scientist taking all the credit. Yep. So. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely something in the 90s that I think, I mean, 90s, early 2000s. I think it's getting um, obviously... St- I don't I still know. Still think it's kind of in today's circle. I don't. I don't know. I think it's getting a little bit better. Um, but yeah, so they're all gonna vote. They're all gonna vote for it. And uh, so we get Lyle Langley in the back room, and he's like, "Well, I've got an idea." And did you guys notice? Did you guys notice that uh, Lyle Langley's voice is a virtual dead ringer for uh, Lionel Hutz and actor Troy McClure? <laughs> you know, I That's don't hear because- it. You don't, I, you I didn't don't hear, hear it. it. No, I didn't hear it. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Steve. Oh, I, 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 I mean, I kind of heard it. I was like, it's kind of size of a lot of lots of Troy McGluer, but no. doesn't doesn't look nah. like him. Nah. Um, so he, we get we get the the best intro for Lyle Langley. Uh. You know, a town with money is a little like a mule with a spinning wheel. No one knows how he got it, and damned if he knows how to use it. <laughs> and, and everyone mule. starts every mule. <laughs> well, sir, there's nothing on earth like a bona fide genuine electrified six car monorail. What I say? Monorail. What's it called? Monorail. That's right. Monorail. <laughs> I hear those things are awfully loud. Glides as softly as a cloud. Is there a chance a track could bend? Not on your life, my Hindu friend. Well, what about us brain-dead slobs? You'll be given cushy jobs. Were you sent here by the devil? No good, sir, I'm on the level. The ring came off my pudding can. <laughs> Take my penknife, my good man. I swear it's Springfield's only choice. Throw up your hands and raise your voice. Monorail. You get the gist. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so before, now before the song pops on, uh, Lanley is like, uh, it's it's I come to you p- good people tonight yeah. with an idea. Probably the greatest. Uh, it's more of a Shelbyville idea. <laughs> and Mayor Quinn. We're <laughs> half as smart as those people over in Shelbyville. Not really. Yeah. Big icon. <laughs> yep. Uh, so and also and Lyle Lanley is like, I've sold monorails to Broadway, Ogdenville and North Haverbrook. And by gum, it put them on the map, and he pulls out a map. And he <laughs> towns. Now, I did look this up because I wanted to know if the Simpsons made up all these names. They made up Ogdenville, and they also made up North Haverbrook. However, 
Brockway is a borough in Jefferson County in Pennsylvania. Oh. That's... So, so, so at, least Lyle, at least Lyle lately screwed over one real town. Yeah, right. <laughs> the other one, the other ones are fake. Um, but one other thing uh, before we continue on, uh, for those of you guys don't know, this is another movie moment. Uh, Lyle Langley acts and sounds like the traveling salesman Professor Harold Hill in The Music Man, except yes. that Hill goes to River City, Iowa, rather than Springfield, and is interested in starting a boys band rather than sifting uh, the town, uh, stiffing the town on a monorail. Yeah. So uh, I that's I I think it's really funny, and I don't know if this was just another. It would be great if this was like another movie moment to the uh, when Bart Millhouse Nelson and Ralph do a boy band. It would have been really uh. kind of funny had they <laughs> had they saved this movie moment for that movie. For you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, I mean, it was greatly uh. it was obviously greatly played in this episode, but the yes. fact that they have a future episode where they start a boy band. I mean, it would have been kind of cool to mirror to mirror that movie to that episode as opposed to this, but it still works fantastically. Yes. yes. Um, and yes, the monorail song also contains elements of the Music Man tune "Trouble." Yes. So, really, really awesome, uh, really awesome pull. I love it. And uh, Marge still thinks Main Street's still all crack and broken. So, <laughs> I uh, un- unfortunately, sorry, sorry mom, mom. The mob is spoken. <laughs> Um, and then I love, you know, the entry, you know, they're exiting the uh, town hall onto the steps and, you know, Homer does his mono. Don't. Yep. So Don't. that was good. There it is. Yep. <laughs> and uh, Snake uh, actually comes into the group singing as they walk outside next to him. So he was he was done <laughs> done robbing all the houses and, you know, kind of wanted to make sure he had a had an alibi for uh, for robbing all the houses. Yes. Um. And so as they're driving away from the town hall, um, Marge is, you know, trying to reason with Homer. You know, she's like, I still think we ought to spend the money to fix Main Street. And Homer's like, well, you should have uh, written a song like that guy. (laughs) (laughs) I do like the fact that Homer and Bart are also chaining monorail while they're driving. (laughs) Oh, that's so great. Uh, (laughs) uh. Well, Homer, we do know Homer really likes to tack on to songs that are sung in, uh, in the town. Yes. Um, and so now we get um, Langley visiting Lisa's class and he flirts with Miss Hoover. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he wants to, you know, show show the town that he's uh, for real. And Ralph yes. asks if it can outrun the Flash. And he's like, uh, yeah. And then another <laughs> asks, kid, if a Superman can outrun the Flash? Just completely uh, sure. go, oh, sure. Now, now here's the qu- Now, here's the thing. Superman and the Flash are technically the same speed, but I'm pretty sure that the Flash can outrun Superman. I know there's a lot of comics out there, <laughs> and I know they did this joke in the CW shows yes. a few times where Superman and, and the Flash race. I can't remember if there's any movies that they... Well, there's a, the... Uh, at the uh, end of Justice League. Yes. Okay, yep. Yep, you're right. So, yeah, uh... I don't know. Maybe maybe one day we'll just get a race around like around the earth or something. See who's, see who's the fastest. <laughs> um, and then Lisa asks uh, Langley why they should build a mass transit system in a small town with a centralized population. <laughs> and Langley says, that's the most intelligent question I've ever been asked. <laughs> but only you and me, we can understand it. The answer. Um, 
Now, now the funny thing is I can't really, aside from like LA, cause LA has a train system that's right. Hardly ever used or do people actually use it now? Uh, people use it. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's not nearly as crowded as uh, New York's though. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say I don't. I'm trying to think of other areas. Chicago. Well, Chicago, Boston. I, they have elevated trains there. Detroit. Ha- Detroit has a people mover system. <laughs> that is technically a train, I guess. I didn't yeah. go on it when I was there. Well, when we were there. But see, it's really funny to think about places that are centralized. I mean, downtown Chicago is centralized. Yes, it has a transit system like this. But like Minnesota, we're finally getting a, a light rail system that'll take us outside of downtown and to the suburbs, like to mm. other places. So, And where I grew up in the Bay Area, our transit system was called BART. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's Bay funny. Area Rail Transit. Oh my uh, god. How how has that not been put on Okay, please tell me someone like a street merchant actually sold t-shirts. Like, you know, like uh knockoff t-shirts for that with like Bart on it. I mean, it. it was San Francisco. There's bootleg on every corner. Yeah, but I'm guessing you've never seen never seen a a shirt for that, like a Bart Simpson and the Bart transit system meshed together on a shirt. I was a kid when I wrote the Bart, so I'm going to say maybe to that. Okay. No cut. Yeah. And does it still exist? Can we still make knockoff shirts? Yeah, it still exists. Okay. Uh, if it doesn't exist now. Okay. Anyone in the Bay Area right now listening to this, if if you have never seen one, make one. I guarantee you, you'll probably make a lot of money for this. Probably. And then, Until you, and, get th- and then, then you get, then you get sued by, uh, then you get sued by Disney for, uh, <laughs> for doing Copyright. it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so now, uh, now we cut back to the Simpsons and they're watching a commercial for Truckosaurus, the movie. And I'm pretty sure like they pulled video from when the Simpsons <laughs> saw Truckosaurus. Cause that is definitely Homer's pink car in the trailer. Dude, it was literally, okay. So, I think that was this was pulled from the commercial of Truckosaurus when when Homer and Bart were watching Truckosaurus. Because remember the commercial for the Monster Truck Rally yeah. was Truckosaurus eating the Simpsons car before it even <laughs> happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't. Oh, know. these yeah. animators, these animators, man, they're just pulling pulling old stuff. Uh, this is okay, this isn't the first time in recent history that they've pulled old clips. Remember when yeah. Homer was making when Homer was making the clown bed for Bart? They literally yeah. ripped off Homer yep. making the bat for, yeah. for that. So <laughs> the animators the animators are like, you know what, let's just use old crap. They won't they won't yeah. know the difference. <laughs> so uh we find out that Marlon Brando is the voice of John Truckasaurus, <laughs> celebrity I voice impersonator. Kiss you would have crush you. <laughs> <laughs> Impersonator. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, so now we cut to a commercial of a guy that looks like Homer sitting on the couch, and the commercial just you know mirrors Homer's life right now, and the guy's like, hey, "You you're through three beers," and Homer's like, Whis- "Does whiskey, whiskey count?" Beer? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, basically, it's a commercial for uh, Lyle Landley and uh, the train co- or monorail conductor school. Yep. And Homer wants to tell Marge he wants to be a monorail conductor. Yeah, so Marge like, tells him no. Yeah, he's like, Marge, I want to be a monorail conductor. Homer, no. But it's my lifelong dream. Your lifelong dream was to run out the field at a baseball game, and you did that last year. 
Remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then Marge points to a framed sports page with a picture of Homer running under the baseball field in the middle of a game with the headline, Idiot Run Ruins Game. Springfield forfeits pettit. <laughs> so they must have been good that year. And obviously Homer wasn't uh, dancing Homer. I'm assuming dancing Homer was gone, right? Homer's not yes. still doing that job. And uh, um, yeah. And he's not yeah. he's not on the team using his lucky bat, so no. Maybe he uh, thought he maybe he thought he could use his lucky bat <laughs> during during the game. Yeah, but he he was a spectator, right? <laughs> so uh, so now we cut to the quote unquote Lanley Institute of Monorail Conducting. <laughs> the quote unquote it's written on a white piece of paper, and so we cut into the classroom, and Lyle asks if anybody is an investigative reporter. And there, one guy's like, I am, and she is. And he's like, uh, I'm going to ask you to respectively leave. And he's like, all right, Phil, come on. And we cut to a guy wearing a turban with a hidden camera in it. <laughs> all right, Robert, what? in your line of work, in your line of work, have you sent any investigative reporters in on uh, shady, shady classes? Or No, because that is very unethical. Oh. <laughs> Usually you have to ask permission. Oh, Okay. All right. If it's something, if it's something like this, since it's not public, you would have to ask to come in and to record like the town hall. No, that's public knowledge. You can do whatever you want. You can send enough people in to, to record that. Oh, okay. Um, would you please leave without a fuss right now? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so now we get Homer studying the MCAT, also known as the Monorail Conductor's Aptitude Test, which is, of course, a reference to the real-life MCAT, which stands for Medical College Admission Test, which is what I believe you take to get into medical school. Or is that to pass being a doctor? Maybe it is getting into medical school. Medical school. I don't know. I'd have, we'd not, have to ask her cousin. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, one of the, I love one of the questions in the book. Can you catch Mono riding the monorail? <laughs> and Homer is like, false. No, true. And Bart's like, no, you were right the first time. Wow, my dad, the conductor. <laughs> I don't know. Could uh, I? I think uh, this is I mean, the first time Homer got a test question correct. <laughs> Maybe I don't. Know. But theoretically, you can catch Mono on a monorail if you're kissing somebody with Mono. <laughs> That's right. Trick so, question. <laughs> so uh, no, I understand what the, what the the question is for, but. Um, so, uh, so now we cut outside and they're, they're building the monorail and Homer and Bart are watching and Barney apparently got a job as a foreman or some type (laughs) of construction worker to help build the monorail. And they are putting the first car on the track and Barney, you know, looks, sees Homer and Bart and he's like, hi, Hi, Homer. Homer. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and because Barney is not paying attention, they drop the car on someone's house. (laughs) And as they cut back to Barney, we have a slight animation error. There's a guy in the background where you can see through his legs because they never colored his legs in. Ooh. Unbelievable. They're so focused. Milhouse yellow eyes in that scene. Oh, did they? I missed that one. I did pause it, and I saw the guy with no colored legs. Yep. So one other thing I do want to mention. So, you know, when Bart tells Homer, you know, that uh, he would like to follow in his monorail conducting footsteps, Homer replies, 
do you want to change your name to Ho- Hoju <laughs> or a Homer Jr.? You <laughs> didn't call you Hoju. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Why? Why? Uh, Homer. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, you know, now we're now we cut back to Marge and Homer and she's reading the uh, conductor book and she's worried about the monorail because it tops speeds at 150 miles per hour. Now, I did look this up. A magnetic monorail can top out at 375 miles per hour, which is more than double. Um, Well, it's those bullet trains out in, uh, like, Japan, China. Now, are they building, like, isn't Elon Musk doing, like, some sort of bullet train in in L.A.? Something like that, right? I hope not. (laughs) <laughs> well, I thought it was this whole like underground like bullet train thing. I oh, thought... I don't know if that was Musk though. Oh, wasn't it Musk? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Musk. Maybe but not. I do know what you're talking about. I remember a story in that. So basically, this monorail is basically like being not even being barely being in a race car. Yeah, like a NASCAR race car. Those top out at like two twenty, two thirty. Yeah. So, uh, well, look, so look, I... look. How how like. There's not even, what, is there one stop for this monorail? So you just get on and you go all the way around, then you have to walk to your final... Like, that's the one funny thing that I I don't think anyone ever got about this monorail. There's literally (laughs) one stop for this monorail. Yeah. So... Which sort of fits into Lisa's question from earlier. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, you know, Marge is unimpressed by the monorail, and then Homer, like, tries to turn her on, and it's not working. (laughs) Just trying to get her off the off the book, like just yeah. complete. He should have just got on his Mister Plow jacket. There that would have, that would have stopped her. It's like Marge. Yeah. Remember when I was Mister Plow and I was so good at sex because I plowed you. So <laughs> I don't know, Jaden. I don't know. That was what I, you you could go back and listen to that episode. We we always thought that that there was a uh, sexual innuendo thing with the name Mister Plow and what Homer decided to I was do. Totally there. Yeah. 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 So we we thought that was pretty funny. So I don't know if there's a good conducting one that Homer could pull on Marge for this episode. I uh, I don't know. Yeah. So uh, now we cut back to Lyle uh, Landley. He goes, I love this. Mono means one and rail means rail. And that concludes <laughs> our three week course. <laughs> extensive oh, three-week course three-week course yeah yes yes lyle mono means one and rail <laughs> i guess means rail <laughs> oh, oh i love that quote i use that quote a lot too. yeah auto oh, yeah. auto you know he opens up his notebook and he sees him driving a titahiti <laughs> with a bag of money he's like ah that guy and he just points to homer um, and so Brockman announces that uh, Homer is its monorail conductor <laughs> and they show a file photo of Homer with a bunch of cigarettes stuffed into his mouth. You know, it's funny. It's working in news. We we do use file photos, but like in this instance, when they, you know, say Homer, usually you're going to see stock video file. And <laughs> now granted, I don't know if they can use any of the stock video they have of Homer. <laughs> so maybe the photo works a little better, but you're te- like, I do love it. It's played for a gag, but like, you're telling me you couldn't find like a normal looking photo of Homer. What about the, the photo of Homer stuffing his mouth full of cake? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they could have used that one. I think it's a, isn't it a running gag for like season four and five with stock photos of Homer? 
too. They actually do that uh, throughout the whole run of the show. Um, there okay. was one I watched the other yeah. night, I think from season 19, where Marge pulls out a picture of him, and he's on a roller coaster with a beer and a gun in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, good. No, I, yeah. I I love the stock photos of Homer because there's they're never anything like normal there, there's not one normal <laughs> yeah. like i don't know if this is just paparazzi going around taking these random shots of homer or something but yeah they they, <laughs> they just don't have anything i feel like i feel like this one this stock photo is of like a guinness book of world record right. thing how many cigarettes can you fit in your mouth and that's where they got this nice i, li- I like there's where you... another one where he's got his tongue stuck to a flagpole yes yes, yes yeah. that is a good one too yeah. they could have used a lot of them they could have yes. used a lot of stock photos. Uh, so uh, they're on the train and Homer's, you know, kind of showing him around. And yep. Marge opens up a cabinet with a fire extinguisher and finds a family of possums. What do you call the big one? I call the big one Friday. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, uh, Ma- then we see uh, Maggie's pacifier and Marge's necklace are now brown in this scene. So another one. Another animation error? I mean, it I don't seems... know what happened I it was there. Just the lighting of that scene was it? So uh, maybe I, I didn't. I didn't know lighting plays a big role in hand drawn <laughs> animation. <laughs> now yeah, in di- you know now, that, now in digital animation, I could feel lighting definitely because I think who was I saw I heard an interview with one of the newer animators and they do so much more with shadowing and. And yeah. just yep. other lighting in in the newer episodes, but obviously this is all hand drawn, so I don't know how much uh, lighting <laughs> takes effect. In the, I feel uh, like this is an animation kind of drawing error. They, my my orange pen ran out, sir. Ah, oh, just use brown. No one will notice the difference, except those guys <laughs> doing that podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, and so you know, Marge now uh, drives to North Haverbrook because she just she, she's no, so no, skeptical. No, you, no, 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 you skipped Oh, right, right, right. She has to go to the, sorry. So, sorry. Marge has to go to Lyle Langley's office first, and he sees his notebook sitting on his desk, and Langley just apparently was just hanging out in the dark <laughs> in his yeah. office and uh, catches her. Something incriminating. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> and he takes takes the, takes the uh, book back. And so Marge drives to North Haverbrook, where Monorail is king. And we see that North Haverbrook's a ghost town. There's a woman in her house just laughing hysterically. <laughs> you know, I and the funny thing about this, I know like when a lot of towns put a lot of money into things, they do eventually become, you know, ghost towns. Oh, the, look at the Olympics. The dude. Olympics. That's, at, yep, that's what I was going with. So like a lot, of, and I think this is more older because obviously they just had like the uh, Olympics in Rio. What was it for? Well, they just did Japan like two months ago. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they're but, coming to Los Angeles in six years, I think. But that's what I'm saying. Like they're gonna yeah. put a lot of money into it, but I don't think mm-hmm. putting money into Olympics nowadays like bankrupts a town as much as it did. Like Park City, Utah, when they had the Olympics in Park City, Utah, Park City was like a ghost town for a number of years before they were able to build up tourism and, and Uh, like their mount, their snowboard, their ski snowboarding mountain there became a lot better after they really pumped money back into that and got it to become a ski town again. But I don't think nowadays the cities that are hosting Olympics really become downtrodden bankrupt cities. Uh, The one in China, the one in China is a ghost town. Oh, is it? Yeah. The one they did in uh, China, uh, the winter Olympics was that two years ago. Yeah, yeah, it's no, it's still it's still like 
Unless you're a big city like LA or Chicago or New York, like you'll yeah. be fine. But yep. And so Marge asked the woman at the uh, at the uh, basically it looks like a cafe. She asked about the monorail. She's like, "There's there never there uh, there there's no monorail, and there never was." So she slams the window shut and says, "Monorail cafe." <laughs> and what's she still doing in there? <laughs> just waiting for someone to come by and question the monorail that's her new job she gets she gets yeah. paid to question the the legitimacy of the monorail in this town she has nowhere else to go steve apparently <laughs> <laughs> and then we see sebastian cobb roll up once again what's this scientist randomly doing in this town um and the sci- yeah. he's the help scientist who helped build the monorail um, and I feel like if there was an actual legitimate scientist helping to build the monorail, he would have known that it was going to fall apart and become. Well, no, no, no. Because as we learn, he, ta- he talks about how Landley cut corners. Oh, right, like right. he helped design it and to make it move. But Landley went cheap. Right. Right. Yep. And so, uh, Gallagher, we learned that Gallagher was a celebrity on the maiden voyage <laughs> and he's dead. Yep. <laughs> Probably. And so Marge, Marge asks Cobb what they should do, and they uh, she tells him, well, you better have a damn good conductor. And they cut to Homer trying to jimmy open the door of the monorail with a hanger. Come and get a rock. <laughs> um, and so now we uh, cut to the grand opening of the uh, um, monorail. And we see that uh, celebrities obviously are being invited to mm-hmm. to go. And uh, Krusty the Clown is the first one they introduce. And this lady runs completely up saying, Krusty, you never call me about, our, about my son or yeah. about our son. <laughs> so we learned. Uh, so Krusty definitely has a few illegitimate child children out there. Yeah. Yes. Krusty, how do you feel about that? Uh, don't ask. Okay. <laughs> All right. So now we get uh, Springfield Heights 90210 heartthrob Kyle Darren, who is 34 years old. And when he smiles, was, when he smiles, he has wrinkles. wrinkles. <laughs> um, oh, my God. I love this. I love this poll. And then the next one, we get Lurleen Lumpkin. Yep. Uh, who's uh, being interviewed by Kent Brogman. He's like, what have you been up to, Lurleen? I spent last night in a ditch. <laughs> so apparently, apparently Homer, once he passed off Lurleen onto this other guy, her career basically tanked. She And her voice also changed because she's yeah. probably smoking a lot. Yep. Um, and her appearance is her shirt is ripped and she also just got out of the rehab, got out of rehab at the Betty Ford Clinic. Yeah. Man, yes. Homer, why are you ruining uh, country singers lives? <laughs> well, it's not his First fault. Day. Oh, oh, right, right, right. <laughs> so uh, then we get uh, Leonard Nimoy as the Grand Marshal, and this is his first appearance on The Simpsons. Yep. He's in a fantastic episode in season seven. Is that the X-Files yeah. episode? Yeah. yeah. Uh, seven or eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, oh, my God, I love this so much. Hey, Quimby, what did you tell Nimoy? Oh, uh, the force... aren't you one of the little rascals? <laughs> oh, and may the force be with you. <laughs> do you Which even know the... do you even know who i am, who I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah aren't you one of the little rascals uh yeah may the force be with you is definitely the wrong quote it should be live long and prosper, prosper. If, uh, for for you guys that don't know star trek yeah and so uh so then lisa you know she's wandering off and she sees uh landley get into a taxi and uh 
he's she's like, oh, aren't you gonna stay and ride on the monorail? And he's like, I don't have a minute to spare. Well, it only takes one minute. <laughs> well, my flight leaves in less than a minute. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and so once again, if the if the monorail trip takes a minute and there's only one stop, what was the purpose he, of building the monorail? <laughs> exactly. And also, Landley also knows that it's made built like crap, so he needs to get out of there. Exactly. And so, uh, so you know, Homer starts up the monorail, and we cut into the the guts of the monorail, and we see a gear fall off. And the electrical stuff starts to go out, and uh, we had the 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 brake line, the seldom brake line, <laughs> um, you know, kind of boiling up a little bit, but it hasn't broken yet. And so, uh, so now you know, Margin Cobb, I love this. Margin Cobb pull up, and the monorail pulls away, and they're late to stop it. And Cobb's like, "I'm sorry, I, I I'm sorry, I had to stop for that haircut." And he didn't stop like that haircut. Yeah, why did he stop for a haircut? Come on, Marge, you should have known better. Yeah. And I, what I want to know is, uh, I believe it was the day before that she met him, and we saw okay. the dilapidated train. Why did yeah. she wait so long to go back and get him and then show up? Yeah, that seems really odd. Wait, I mean, the timing unless, of it. Uh, well, if you, you look at the map, though, but if you look at the map, though, maybe she had to drive a couple days. Because we don't know where like Springfield the next is. town over, isn't it? North Haverbrook? I guess oh, I don't okay. I don't know if they ever So, I mean, that's obviously the biggest mystery obviously is where do the Sim... you know, where are the Simpsons during these earlier seasons and me and yeah. my brother have uh sometimes concluded that they're in Utah based on gambling rules and the deserts yes. and a lot of other uh more landscape. Clues. Yeah, more landscaping clues than anything else. But was North Haverbrook when we looked at the map? Wasn't that more Midwest to? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I I feel like if let's just say the Simpsons are Western, states, then why didn't she go to Ogdenville? Or no, <laughs> uh, yeah, Ogdenville would have been closer. Well, did she right. see North Haverbrook in the book? Like it physically in the maybe. book? So I think that maybe maybe I don't know. Yeah, it's a question for the ages. Or a Simpson um, or a Simpson writer. Once we get to talk to Conan O'Brien. <laughs> That'd be nice. Um, so uh, so now, you know, the the seldom break breaks. Um, the brake line breaks. And so the Springfield monorail keeps going and going and going. And uh, the sign on the door falls off or flies off. And there's a poster for the 1964 World's Fair underneath, which, <laughs> um, as we know, in a later episode, the kids go to a the world's fair but not the 1964 i think it was 1980 84 84 yeah. yeah so uh you know homer i love this scene so homer tries to pull the lever for the brakes and we get the do 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 sound uh it goes <laughs> on and a voice goes the lever the you are trying to pull is cool brakes is unavailable <laughs> <laughs> that's great uh, and so now we find out how fast the monorail is really going by based on Homer's cowardly scream. And the monorail is going at 180 miles per hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by, so by the spice scream. Yeah. That's how they yeah. can tell. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, how, you know, how, how, how often are you hearing the scream? Yeah. That's how you do the math. Um, so now we get to the, the watchtower where Wiggum is and he's watching the monorail go. So he's like, I'm getting, getting dizzy. Dizzy. <laughs> I'm going to lay down. 
And then, uh, you know, Quimby comes up and he's like, I'm going to take charge. And Wiggum's like, uh, uh-uh, I have pictures. Like, yeah. Tries to blackmail him to stay in charge. <laughs> Uh, let's go. It's in the town. Like then they're talking about the town charter and, uh, yeah. Wiggum's like, I run the show in the emergency because of the town charter. <laughs> and so, um, so they're like, so like Wiggum and, uh, Quimby are like, all right, let's go check it. And I love how Wiggum's like, do you want to take two separate cars or <laughs> we go together? <laughs> and so now we, now we go to the, the, a library or town hall or wherever they store the charter. I mean, there's books everywhere. Yep. Yeah. And so, uh, according to the charter, Wiggum is supposed to get a pig every month and two comely lasses of virtue true. <laughs> so, two virgins? Uh, yeah. But Wiggum's married, so I don't know why he's uh, thinking that, I guess I don't, I, don't know. I mean, maybe the, well, pit- he's the police chief. Well, he's the constable. He's the constable. Yes. <laughs> so I do like how, when, when they're fighting over the charter, the monorail in the background, you can see it go by. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Uh, it's a good thing. They built yeah. that monorail right by the uh, town hall. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so Wiggum and Quimby fight over the charter and, uh, you know, it doesn't rip or anything, but you see the monorail in the background. And then we go back up to the watchtower again and they're watching it. One of the operators like, well, why don't we just cut the power to it? And the other guys, well, it's solar powered. When will they ever learn? <laughs> <laughs> and then, so now we see Leonard Nimoy on the, uh, on the train and yep. he's sitting next to a guy and, uh, um, he's like a solar eclipse. The cosmic ballet goes on. Is it good change seats? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Apparently, sitting next to Leonard Nimoy uh, is very, yeah. uh, very annoying. Yes. Um, um, so the monorail uh, stops now during the solar eclipse, and then we see the sun, you know, start going away again. Or Homer, Homer's on there. He's like, "I did it." Yes. <laughs> and then the solar eclipse goes away, and then off it goes again. Yep. Uh, which was really awesome. So now we cut to Lyle uh, Lang- Langley, who is flying to Tahiti. And the pilot comes on saying, the nonstop flight to Tahiti is making a stop in North Haverbrook. He's like, North Haverbrook? Where have I heard that name before? <laughs> and there's the townspeople, like, literally must have known the plane was coming by because they're out there with pitchforks. He's like, I see him. He's in seat F, like, 22F or something. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, and, and then they, they, ju- and then they, they get on the plane and beat him up. Yep. Uh, that's fantastic. Because we never see him again. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> until so, until next up, no. <laughs> so do the people in North Haverbrook all get charged for murder? Uh, no, because they uh, killed their town and uh, they're all there. I mean, they'll obviously all cover it up together. Yeah, I uh, think fair. it was justified. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was justified. Yep. Although it happened at an airport. How does TSA allow it? <laughs> well, don't forget, don't forget, this was uh, this was 93, uh, when yeah. you could still bring guns and knives onto airplanes. Oh, okay. and, and actually get into the airport without going through a TSA. Yes. So, yeah. Well, no, have... I think you still had to go through, like, security to get on the plane. But you didn't need a ticket. You didn't need a ticket to go through. No, that is true. So one person, one, one person bought a ticket and everyone else went with. <laughs> yep. It was the style at the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Abe. Thank you, Abe. That was, that's perfect. 
Um, and so this, this is probably one of my favorite quotes for the entire thing. So Krusty, uh, you know, uh, not the Krusty part, but upcoming. So Krusty tries to jump off the monorail, but Letter Nimoy saves him and tells him the world needs laughter. Yeah, it does. Okay. So now, now, now here, right here. So Marge gets on the radio and tells Homer, there's a man <laughs> here who could help him. And, Batman? uh, uh, no, it's a scientist. Batman's a scientist. <laughs> it's not Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, obviously we had the Batman reference earlier. Yeah. No, with, this with was us. fantastic. I absolutely love Homer thinking that it's Batman. That <laughs> fantastic. Uh, so cop tells Homer to find an anchor and Homer looks at Bart and imagine him as an anchor. Another, Keep another, at Homer. Yeah. Another very good, like Looney Tunes esque reference where, yes, you know, someone yes. looks at something and imagines them as someone else. Um, and so Homer decides to uh, grab a rope from a, a cowboy, apparently practicing his routine on the, on the monorail yep. and an M from the monorail on the side of the train. And so, you know, Homer wraps it up, throws it out the window, and Bart's like, uh, Homer. It's like, oh. (laughs) And he ties it off. And so the M actually, like, digs into my... I love how it digs into Main Street (laughs) and completely destroys it even more than it already is. So that's that's an awesome callback to earlier in the episode, you know, stating that Main Street's still all cracked and broken, and even more, more so now. And it cuts uh, cuts to uh, the oldest tree in Springfield and lands on the log cabin of the birthplace of Jebediah Springfield. And I love how it explodes because obviously Jebediah <laughs> Springfield had, you know, explodable things. Know. You know. Yeah. Um, and the M also cuts through some conjoined twins because it's a very complicated procedure. It's a dangerous and costly procedure. Yep, except when you're dealing with Homer. Yes. <laughs> then then an anchor to get through the office. Right? <laughs> Did it cut the entire building in half and it was apparently the right floor for this? Yeah, right? Now, did it... Okay, so that was the other thing I think I've questioned before. So, does Dr. Hibbert have his own practice or is he solely at the Springfield Hospital? Well, he should be at the Springfield Hospital. Uh, he's not a Dr. Nick-style character where he has a corner office like that. So, yeah, um, that's that's what I was wondering. So I, so was the monorail slightly near Springfield General Hospital? Like, I guess... It must I, have been. I know they, obviously, I just, I'm getting away out of the way. You know, obviously they did it for a joke, but it's like, okay. <laughs> like, that's, that's why I almost thought it was like a private practice type atmosphere like it was a building I mean, around you would think because it's like on main street there yeah yeah so maybe, my maybe... other my other question about the monorail now now that i think about it we never see it ever again right well we do do we uh yes in season 29's old blue mayor she ain't what she used to be uh they build a, a sky park where the monorail tracks were and uh, oh. I can't remember what activated it, but uh, some sort of electrical current uh, triggered the monorail to start up again, and it plows through the park and destroys. <laughs> that's all. I mean, it's only a few seasons ago. I'm surprised today. I feel like, but see, that's the one thing about the newer seasons. Like I've seen all of them, but that's the one thing about the newer seasons that I can't say about you know season 15 and earlier. I don't know those ones 
by heart as fluidly because yeah. I never never watched them a thousand times. I watched them, yeah. you know, once when they were aired and maybe, you know, when they're on FX every once in a while. So that's so my memory definitely isn't as inept to the newer episodes as they are the older episodes. Correct. Um, and so uh, after the M cuts through the conjoined twins, we get the ye old anchor shop and <laughs> see Captain must have a bunch of businesses because he runs the docks. He has his flying Dutchman. Apparently he owns an anchor shop, too. He's a realtor. <laughs> yeah, he's a realtor. So, yeah, I mean, it's a uh, he has a lot of hats to uh yes. to fill it's like are you call that an anchor <laughs> and uh so then finally after long last it gets lodged in lard lads uh no 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 so i thought the same thing the donut is on top of the building oh so it wasn't lard oh, man yeah i just assumed it was lard lads I, donut i know because i uh, as a mandela effect i yeah. know right well because there is lard lad yeah, so I, as I'm watching the episode, I'm like, oh, it's Lard Lad's donut, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wait, I didn't see Lard Lad. And I paused it. No, the donut is sitting on top of the shop. Huh. Interesting. That is a good pull. I'm glad you noticed that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Homer, what what can donuts do? Is there anything they can't do? I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. There's They could fill you up and stop monorails. But to be, I mean, that must have been a really, first of all, it must have been a really heavy donut. Yes. And it must have been anchored to that building extremely well. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like at the speed and rate that the well, 100, 180 miles per hour. I mean, theoretically, it was also a lasso rope. So I feel like that might have actually snapped too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Going at that speed. Well, as we all know, Simpsons doesn't do physics. Yes. Physics are not a, not a thing in the phys- in the Simpsons universe. Um, and so then we uh, then we, uh, you know, obviously everyone's saved and Homer's cheering is like, yes, son, I'm the best mono thingy guy there ever was. <laughs> um, and Leonard, and then we cut to Leonard, Leonard Nimoy standing next to uh, Barney, and uh, Nimoy's like, um, "Well, my work here is done." <laughs> Barney's like, "I didn't do anything, <laughs> didn't I?" <laughs> and then he does his like, uh, what do you call that? Star beaming Trek. up Star Trek yeah. beaming up thing. <laughs> so that was really awesome. And so now we get Marge narrating um, the end of the episode. And that was the only follow the town of Springfield ever embarked on, except for the popsicle skyscraper and the 50 foot magnifying glass, which lights the popsicle stick skyscraper on fire. Yep. (laughs) And that escalator to nowhere. And then the credits are literally people screaming as they fall off the the escalator. (laughs) (laughs) So, so that was, that was absolutely fantastic. And, uh, so, so uh, Jaden, what we what we do at the end of every episode, uh, we give our final thoughts on the episode and we give it a rating system. Now, I don't really think I need to give you the entire entirety of the rating system. I mean, maybe 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 I do, but uh, we'll we'll start at the bottom and work our way up. So we do a rating skill is a one of dough, two uh, eat my shorts, uh, three don't have a cow man. Four mm, sprinkles and five is everything's coming up Millhouse. So as our guest, if you'd like to give us your final thoughts and takes on the episode and give us your rating. 
Uh, this is one of a handful of episodes that I can 100% count on to uh, laugh every single time. Uh, I notice something new each time I watch it. Uh, I completely forgot about the Marlon Brando Truckosaurus thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I forgot about that, but uh, uh, and it's also one of the episodes that um, you know, for first-time viewers, this is one that you can easily recommend. Uh, and I saw a video of it. I can't remember who did it, but it breaks down perfectly that this is the episode that defines. Uh, and utilizes each of the family members in oh, their yeah. ideal and perfect ways. We see Homer's uh, sort of uh, optimistic, uh, uh, sort of uh, trying to be a hero kind of attitude. Marge with her uh, suggestions on how to improve the town. Bart in uh, helping his father. And Lisa in sort of questioning the institution itself, but eventually going along with it. And even Grandpa yeah. gets a few scenes, so... <laughs> We utilize all the members of the family well in this one. And Maggie sucks uh, on her pacifier extremely, right, extremely well. <laughs> yeah, her brown pacifier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we get uh, one of the most memorable uh, guest stars in this, both in Phil Hartman and Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. We get a wonderful song in this one as well. Yeah. Uh, probably one of the most famous Simpson songs out there, at least top Oh, five. yeah. Yeah, I'd uh, say between this one and See My Vest, those are my two yes. top favorite. Yep. And we utilize uh, most of the, if not all of the secondary characters in Springfield, uh, at least yeah. get a moment to shine in this. And what I love about uh, episodes that involve the entire town are scenes like the town hall where a certain character can just get a funny line in and then that's it for them. And uh, at least we get to a nice glimpse of that character for a bit. Uh, we got a lot of funny exchanges between uh, uh, Mayor Quimby and uh, <laughs> Wiggum, and mm -hmm. uh, all the other secondary characters have wonderful moments. Krusty gets a good moment. Barney has a few funny moments. Uh, uh, and it's just a great episode. So I guess I'd uh, what what was the five number five one? Everything's coming up Millhouse. Yeah, everything's coming up Millhouse with this one. Yeah, this is this is a quintessential viewing episode in my opinion. The uh intro is fantastic, the parody of the Flintstones. Um I've stated in the past pretty much almost any episode that has a song in it is usually a 4 or 5 for me. Um and the monorail song is so good, it's so memorable. Uh you get you know some good references. Uh it's just it's just all around start to finish. Kind of like the our last episode with Homer's Triple Bypass. It's just nonstop action. There's not a dull moment. Everything has a purpose in this episode. You get some good, you know, side gags. It's just, it's just so, so good. Um, watch it over and over again. If this, if this episode is on, I, you bet your ass I'm going to sit down and watch it because it's that good. I will quote along with it. It is one of those episodes I can quote along to. Um, so yeah, five, everything is coming up Millhouse as well. Yeah. I mean, it, definitely a five for me. I mean, I think, like I said, last episode, we're in the age of the fives. Like, <laughs> I mean, all these episodes uh, coming up, pretty much everything since Mr. P since we did Mr. Plow has been a five for me. Cause I just love everything yeah. about it. But this episode just in general, it just, I obviously it was uh, done by an amazing writer, Conan O'Brien and obviously his team. We got to account for mm -hmm. this entire team too. Um, but just how it starts, 
all the way to the finish. You just, it's nonstop. This was one of those episodes that I remember when FX did their um, Every Simpson episode. Mm. And I was like, I, I like literally was like, okay, I know I've seen all these episodes, but I, I literally made a point to write down a few episodes that I wanted to watch during this every Simpson episode thing. And this was just number probably two, three on my list. Like this is the one I want to make sure I catch, even though I could just pop in the disc and watch it whenever I want. And, (laughs) and obviously this wasn't on Disney plus yet. Like Disney plus didn't exist when FX did their every Simpson episode thing. So this was just one of those things. Like I just got to make sure I make sure I actually watch it. And so, but yeah, all your points are, absolutely on, on brand and um yeah five everything's coming up millhouse for me so uh let's uh finish it off with uh our character profile like uh Jaden, what we do every episode is we profile a character from the episode just so people can get a good understanding of a character that was in either an episode or we don't know much about and this okay. week we have the con artist of lyle langley and so his occupation Fast-talking salesman and con man. Yep. Uh, His M.O. Selling damaged possum-infested monorail systems to small towns including Ogdenville, North Haverbrook, and Brockway. And then skipping out on town. Yep. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, he's a a bit of a jerk. Uh, He he preys on small-town ignorance, which, Mm -hmm. God, there is no other town, I think, that uh, he could have gone to that... uh, he could have uh, sold a monorail to his attire is a seersucker suit, strong boater, a straw boater and a bow tie. I mean, I, most people dress like musical music men, right? <laughs> yes. Especially con men. Uh, his expression. Yeah, I was wearing my vaudeville tux the other day for lunch. Oh, were you? Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. I mean, it gets you, uh, gets you noticed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, his expression, sly contempt, mm-hmm. <laughs> and his fears, investigative reporters, particularly those carrying hidden cameras. Yes. He doesn't, he doesn't want to be, uh, he doesn't want to be found out. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, so, uh, again, Jaden, thank you so much for coming yeah, this on this episode fantastic. and, uh, helping us decipher this monorail episode and, uh, Allowing your voice to be heard um, as Simpson characters um, <laughs> <laughs> on the episode. Um, so, what? Uh, so, as our guest, um, we'll plug our own things after. After, but if you want to plug, um, obviously, you're going to be in a new uh, TV show on Fox. So if you want to plug that, or uh, oh, yeah. any any other things going on in your life right now that you want to plug, your Twitter, Instagram. Stuff like that. If you want to go ahead and plug away, let all our, our Simpsons Did It fans know where they can uh, find you. Yes, uh, I recently did an episode of Duncanville, uh, the Fox animated series. Uh, that's on Hulu right now. Uh, episode 10, I believe, uh, Off to the Braces. Uh, I was, uh, I'm was. i also in a, a very popular YouTube series, Hell of a Boss. I play ser- several characters in that. Uh, and uh, if you'd like to follow me on social media... My name is uh, unique to myself in that I'm the only person that has this name. So just look up Jaden LeBron on uh, YouTube, on Instagram, on Twitter, what have you. And uh, I'm the only one there. So give me a follow and you'll see more impressions. Uh, I do Beavis and Butthead, Simpsons, uh, planning on doing some Futurama one soon and uh, lots more to come. 
Awesome. Well, once again, thank you for coming on. So you can find us on our social media pages, uh, The Simpsons Did It Podcast on Facebook. Instagram is The Simpsons Did It Pod. On Twitter, Simpsons Did It PC. Um, and then uh, you can also go over to YouTube, check out our channel. We have all of our past episodes um, in video format on YouTube. So go ahead and uh, check it out there. Uh, like and subscribe and comment if you feel the need. Um, and then also make sure if you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a rate and review on there. We love to hear what people think. Um, finally, um, if you'd like to donate to our podcast, uh, check us out on buymeacoffee.com backslash Simpsons did it. Uh, and all your donations will go towards uh, merch and uh, stickers and all the other things uh, we want to pass out to all of our people that donate to our podcast. Um, so until next time, I'm Steven Skolansky. I'm a co-host, Robert Skolansky. And this has been The Simpsons Did It. Worst podcast ever. Shh.